Justin Osmond was born the son of Merrill Osmond, lead singer of the Osmond Brothers. But for the first couple years of his life, no one knew he couldn't hear the music. At age two, he was diagnosed with 90% hearing loss. After years of speech and listening therapy, Justin now plays multiple musical instruments, has written a book, and shares the source of his hope with all who can hear him, while also seeking to give hope to others. Justin and his wife, Christy, worked together to run the Olive Osmond Hearing Fund, an organization Justin founded to raise money for hearing aids. Justin and Christy are the parents of two daughters. This is All In, an LDS Living podcast where we ask the question, what does it really mean to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm Morgan Pearson, and I am honored to have Justin and Christy Osmond on the line with me today. Justin and Christy, welcome. Thank you, Morgan. It's an honor to, to be with you. Well, this is such a treat for me. I was telling Justin and Christy before we started recording that I have followed Justin on LinkedIn for years and have just been so consistently impressed by the messages that he shares there and the light that he shares and your positivity and optimism, Justin, are so inspiring. And so I'm thrilled to have the chance to talk with you too. I wondered if maybe we could could start back a little ways. You are part of the legendary, famous Osmond family, which plays a big part in your story. And Meryl Osmond is your dad. And you were born and could not hear the music that they were singing. Tell me a little bit about what that was like. Uh, Thank you, Morgan. You know, being born and raised in the Osmond family has been an absolute blessing on so many levels. And I've had some incredible experiences that very few people will ever be able to, to experience. But it also came with many challenges, like you said. Imagine being born into a world-renowned musical family where your dad is the lead singer, and you're not, you're not able to really connect, hear, and understand. I remember going to their concerts, and I could feel the vibrations of the bass, the guitar, and the drum, but I could not fully understand the words of the lead singer, my own dad. And as a result, I would go into depression, isolation, despair, confusion, low self-esteem, and and even low self-confidence, feeling inadequate, frustrated, and the list goes on and on. I'm feeling disconnected from my family, but even also feeling hopeless at times. But my amazing parents taught me at a very early age that we don't overcome hopelessness by removing that broken obstacle in our lives. In my case, my, my ears are broken, but rather... We conquer adversity by not letting it have us, own us, control us, or even define us. They even took it one step further and said, don't let your challenges define you, but rather let it refine you. Let it purge you and mold you and build you into the man the Heavenly Father intends for you to become. This led me to my personal motto, which was also inspired by my Uncle Alan, who has MS. I may have a hearing loss, but my hearing loss, did not have me. So, so this mentality and this attitude that I have and this outlook in life has taught me perspective that we can control the quality of our lives just by how we think and act toward those challenges. I love that. I think that that is, that's so awesome. It's so awesome to hear the way that you took that challenge. And, and I love, and people will get a sense for this as we go through this interview today. I love the way that you have kind of just taken this on 
head on and embraced it rather than let it be something that it feels like a hindrance or a burden, but something that instead allows you to contribute even more to the world. I think it's fascinating that hearing impairment has been a part of the Osmond family story for a very long time. Your uncles, Tom and Verl, were both born with hearing impairment. And your grandparents, I learned this as I was preparing, your grandparents were encouraged not only to not have any more children, which would mean that none of the rest of the Osmonds were born, but to institutionalize those two sons. What do you know about why your grandparents didn't follow that counsel? Uh, yeah, absolutely right, Morgan. And then just to make it very clear, my grandparents and my uncle, Bill and Tom, they're not just my heroes, they're my heroes. I love it again. I mean, there's, and, and you're right, it's one of the untold stories of our family. Uh, but after my amazing grandparents, uh, George and Arlo, the matriarch and the patriarch of our family, they had their two older sons, Joel and Tom, and they, you're right, they were told not to have any more children since their deafness was hereditary and it could be passed on to the other children. But just imagine the weight on their shoulders at that time when there were very limited resources back then to make the right decision. But like all of us, we're all put in situations where we need to pray and seek guidance and direction from the source of all truth and knowledge. My grandmother, Olive, she was a spiritual giant. And as she took in the counsel of her doctor and her medical professional, she also listened and followed the guidance and the direction of the Holy Ghost. And that has made all the difference. So instead of institutionalizing her two deaf sons, she put them to homeschool, and they both received a wonderful education. Then she and my grandpa also followed that spiritual prompting to have more children. So they went on and had seven more children, nine children total. And there, the Eisman family was born uh, just by following that prompting. Just imagine how she listened to those doctors. I wouldn't be here today. The musical family wouldn't be here today. It'd be a whole different world right now for our family. Well, and a different world, I think, for a lot of other people who your family touched or changed their lives in some way. We were talking the other day and talking about how faith building that must have been for his grandparents, that each time that they had a kid, it would require new faith all over again. Because that that third child to be born, you know, as a parent now, we see that a little bit differently. But I've never really thought about it from her perspective in that sense, that every time it would have been, oh, do we have a hearing loss again or do we not? You know, and it ended up that only the oldest two had the hearing loss. But the other seven to come would have been a little bit stressful. And at the same time, giving you a little bit of glimpse into the faith and trust in Heavenly Father with that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's relatable for a lot of people, you know, no matter what the situation is, there can be a lot of things surrounding having children that can be that. One thing that I also learned is that the Osmond Brothers singing group kind of began as a result of trying to earn money or raise money to buy hearing aids for your uncles. Is that true, Justin? That's so true, Morgan. Uh, again, another one of those untold stories about our family. First of all, for those who have children, know how expensive it is to raise a family. But imagine raising nine children with a very limited budget and a small income. And living on a tight budget, they had no additional money 
uh, to, pro to provide hearing aids for their two deaf brethren. And as you know, hearing aids are not cheap. So my grandpa, he had to get creative. And with so many talented boys in the mix, now they have seven more boys, nine boys total, he decided to form a barbershop quartet, which was Alan, Wayne, Merrill, my dad, and my uncle Jay. My grandpa George, he was also a sergeant in the army, so he taught his boys at a very early age the value of hard work. Then they started performing and entertaining in and around Ogden, Utah, which is where they were born and raised, up in northern Utah. And they went out there to try to raise money so that they could afford hearing aid for their two deaf brothers. And that right there, that's how and why the Ivan got started in show business. So that the love that, the love that they had for each other was, was unconditional, and they always had each other's back. Because all of us have limitations. You know, it just happened that two, two older brothers, they had challenges that they had to deal with, but they had each other's back. And so, you know, a lot of times we live in a world of, of excuses, uh, but my grandpa, he would never come up with an excuse. He would find a way, he would find a remedy, he'd find a solution to provide a way so that their two oldest boys could uh, receive the gift of hearing. It's remarkable. I also found it interesting to learn that despite this history of hearing impairment in your family, you were not diagnosed until you were two. And then you underwent 12 years of intense speech and, and listening therapy. What do you remember about that experience of, of, you know, having to work so hard to develop the, the both hearing and speaking and listening skills that we're, we're witnessing in this interview, which I think is awesome. Oh, thank you, Morgan. You know, try to imagine your life without sound, without music without hearing, without the comforting voices of your family and your friends. Imagine how much different your life would be without sound. For you and for all those who are listening, it might take some imagination. But for me, I've lived it. I was born, like you said, I was born with a severe to profound hearing loss. And for the first two years of my life, I lived in a world of complete silence. And then finally, I was diagnosed around the age of two. See, they didn't have the newborn screening, hearing screening like they have today. So that's why I wasn't detected until much later. And so after two years of complete silence, they immediately put on these hardware devices into my ears. And for the first time in my life, I heard my mom's voice. I heard my dad's music. I heard my dog bark. And my all-time favorite, I got to hear the toilet flush. <laughs> I mean, all these little things I, I think we all take for granted. And, you know, literally my, 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 my world changed. And uh, it's like I entered this whole new world. But I quickly learned that in this new world, it came with lots of new challenges uh, along the way. And because I was two years behind my peers, like you said, my, my parents put me in this intense uh, speech and language listening therapy for about 12 or 13 years. So for those who are listening to this podcast, you can probably now understand why I talk with this little different accent. But that's okay. I, I A lot of times when people, they hear my accent, they ask if I'm from Canada or if I'm from England or from Australia. And <laughs> it's okay. I take it as a compliment because I love their accent. I think it's, it's a great accent. But, you know, I, I do remember growing up feeling socially awkward and, and even socially embarrassed because of my deaf accent. I wanted so badly to sound like my dad. The least similar the eyes, and I wanted to sound like my uncle. 
You know, they all have an amazing voice. But then it dawned on me one day, why do I want to sound like someone that I'm not? I want to sound like me. I want to sound like Justin Eisman. You know, my unique voice and my deaf accent, that's who I am. That's my brand. That's my logo. That's my signature. Why should it matter what the world and everyone, everyone else thinks about me? All that really and truly matters is what Heavenly Father and my Savior Jesus Christ thinks of me. I'm a son of God with a divine nature and eternal destiny. And as soon as I realized my unlimited potential and my eternal value and that I accepted myself for who I was and not what I was, I was so much happier. So here's what I've learned, that the more we can understand God's purpose and plan for us in this life, the more we can tackle and overcome life challenges. So well said. Thank you so much. Um, I am curious. So I know the two of you, you met a, when you were a little bit older. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. So tell me, tell me a little bit about how the two of you met. And Christy, we haven't, we haven't heard a ton from you thus far because all of my questions have been centered on Justin. So I apologize for that. But I am curious about what initially drew you to Justin. First of all, no apologies necessary. I'd rather him do all the talking and just listen to him. But so we met, ironically, I had gotten sick and, you know, like right before an event that he was doing in Arizona. So he has a charity and that charity was doing a 5k event and I had talked some friends into doing it with me. And then I got so sick the night before I wasn't going to do it. And one of my friends who had never done a 5k said, you can't not be there. This is the first time that I've ever done a 5k. What are you doing? And I'm like, okay, fine. I will be there, but I'm not going to run it. And then you know how it is when you're sick, you get up and then you're like, oh, maybe I'm okay. So I ran it. And so we actually met at that event. And right off the bat, the thing that impressed me the most about Justin is that just actually perfect timing on the question before, but I, I could tell that he had a deaf accent and I knew that he had to have had a hearing loss because of that. I have two sisters, an older and a younger sister, that both are, have hearing loss in one ear each. I had actually taken sign language classes, wanted to be an interpreter at one time. So that was the reason I attended the event is because I knew that it was a good cause and wanted to help the cause. And so what impressed me was seeing Justin up there and having him, you know, be able to MC and see his confidence. And you could tell his humility and confidence at the same time, which is kind of a rare combination, I think. And so that was the first thing that drew me to him is I just thought that seems like a really genuine down to earth guy. And then I found out he was from Utah. And so I kind of dismissed it and said, uh, I don't know. I kind of had a thing against Utah guys and thought that they take the church for granted. So I, I didn't really necessarily want to go there initially, but <laughs> we uh, had a mutual friend. So we started talking through Facebook actually, and connected that way. And then had our first date and in St. George, we met partway. I was in Arizona. He was in Utah. So we met in St. George and had our first date on Thanksgiving night. And I told my parents, you guys can grill him for an hour. And then after that, then the date is mine. So they didn't grill him. He was too nice. They were like, <laughs> how do you grill a guy like that? He's so nice. We really like him. I'm like, you guys had your chance. <laughs> you, you missed it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> you threw away your shot. Justin, what was your first impression of Christy? Well, whenever I do events like this, you know, to benefit a good cause for my charity, I'm always impressed with those who do come. 
because those who come and support a good cause like that, it shows that their heart is in the right place. And so I, I always love making, I don't know if anybody is a stranger, but as a friend I've yet to meet. And so I'm making all these friends there in Arizona and, and all of a sudden they drop dead gorgeous blonde shows up. And I'm like, wow, she, she, and I didn't know if she, she was single or whatnot, but uh, I, do, I did know that we had a mutual friend. And so I had to do a little background check and, and uh, see, and, and I found out she was single and, and, uh, and, and I found out she also had a couple of deaf sisters, which means she would understand and have an awareness or understanding of, of what the deaf culture is like and, and that she would accept me for who I was and not what I was. And she would accept all my flaws and weaknesses and what it, it comes with having a hearing loss. And uh, I, I, I was so nervous, I was so scared that I didn't even get her phone number or contact information or anything. I, I, just, I just couldn't. I wasn't brave enough to ask, but I asked my own mutual friend, and that's what got it together. And I am so glad I did. And um, my best friend right here, I love him. Well, and I, I think people will resonate with one question that I have for Christy, because they're listening to you, Justin, and you're just like a rock star and you have such a great attitude and outlook and perspective. And Christy, you said you wondered if he was all talk. (laughs) (laughs) I did because I feel like sometimes in the singles world, you have people who, you know, who say, yes, the gospel is important to me. And yes, my relationship with Heavenly Father is first, but do they actually do that is a whole nother story. And I had been through a whole heck of a lot of trials and things myself. And I had been away from the church for a time and kind of, I would call myself an a la carte member where it was like, "Uh, when it's convenient, then I'll do it. And so I had gone through the refiner's fire and had discovered how important the gospel is to me and looked at it from a different perspective, which is that the gospel is a resource and a tool to help us draw closer to our savior. And so I was not about to get into a relationship with somebody who was like, eh, I'm kind of casual about it. Like I wanted somebody who was all in. And so the thing that immediately impressed me about Justin is first of all, just by definition, like the things that you already were talking to him about is that he already had to work much harder than everybody else with the speech therapy. And with all of that, he, he had a sense of work ethic and he also had a sense of confidence, which I knew came from Heavenly Father. And so that, it really impressed me to know that he was not just all talk. However, the more I got to know him through dating, I feel like you don't really know somebody until you know how they handle trials. And so I watched him go through a couple of trials while we were dating. And I watched him turn to his faith and to his Heavenly Father to help him get through those. And so to me, that was, you know, we talk about this a lot, that the thing that drew us to each other was that we both, you know, had Heavenly Father be our biggest confidant that that's who we would go to, to try to get inspiration and to try to know, to go forward. I knew before he knew that, that he was the one for me and it kind of freaked me out, but I also knew that Heavenly Father knew that I needed to know. And I also knew that Justin would not know yet and that it would take him longer than I needed to be patient. And I had to get my act together. (laughs) Not even close. And so it was cool to see how he responded to that, that each time I would drop a bombshell on my past, it was like, it gave me the confidence because I knew that Heavenly Father was my partner and it gave him the confidence to say, okay, normally that might be a deal breaker, but I'm going to ask Heavenly Father, you know, even though family or friends might be saying like, hey, red flag, red flag. He knew that that was, you know, like our plan together. And so I think 
just seeing that and experiencing that. And his family's the same way. They've been through a lot of trials and seeing how his family handled trials. I knew that he handled trials similarly because of those exposures that he had on how his family dealt with it. So, so it helped to give me confidence along the way to know that he was all in and wasn't just talking about being all in. For sure. And Christy, you mentioned that the event that you went to, the 5K, was for this organization that that Justin founded. And I think it's so cool. Uh, You mentioned that your sisters have hearing loss. And so you have your sisters, you have Justin's experience, and together the two of you, you've been able to join on. And so I want to talk a little bit about this, the Olive Osmond Hearing Fund. So maybe we start with why did you name it after your grandma? Well, first of all, I've got to make, make it loud and clear. I am her favorite grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a big family. I'm kidding. When I was born into this family, I was the only one in the whole second generation that was born with a severe, profound hearing loss. And so because of that, I had this immediate connection with my grandmother. And we've already talked about her. She already had compassion and a love for the deaf and the hard of hearing community, especially her two older sons, Earl and Tom. And so, and she, and a lot of people don't know this, but she also started a charity called the Eisman Foundation. And that was primarily set up to help her two deaf sons. There weren't a lot of resources back then to help the deaf community, but she wanted to do all she could do to help provide resources and help and education uh, and awareness uh, for the deaf community. And so when she passed away, of course, that was a sad day for her whole family. I wanted to carry her legacy. I wanted to carry her vision and her dream. And so I started uh, in in her honor, uh, the Olive Eisman Hearing Fund. And this is a nonprofit organization that provides educational resources, hearing aid devices, and musical scholarships for the deaf and the hard of hearing community uh, all, o- all over the world. And so to date, I am so humbled and grateful uh, that with the support of so many wonderful sponsors and volunteers, uh, we've helped now over 3,000 individuals with the gift of hearing. And it's just so fun to see them light up like a Christmas tree when they hear their mom's voice for the very first time. Christy and I have, have had a, an opportunity to travel all over and to help many of these children and it's life-changing. You know, someone gave me a chance to be able to, to hear with conviction, be able to speak with passion. And so this is just my way of paying it forward and uh, trying to trying to make a difference one year at a time. I love that so much. And I, I found it interesting. I didn't realize this, that most insurances don't cover hearing aids. And I said that to my mom this morning because she, my grandma is struggling with hearing loss. And my mom was like, I can confirm that the insurance did not cover it. And so I think that that's a huge thing. And, and being able to facilitate that for people is incredible. I think it's cool that Christy, like I said, can contribute with the passion that she has. How would you say, Christy, that that you feel particularly passionate about this? How does how does your background allow you to contribute? And just how has that been rewarding for you? You know, I didn't really have any intention of being involved with the charity side as much. It was Justin's baby that he had started before we even got together. And, you know, through series of events, it just kind of evolved into me having more of a more of a picture and being able to help with that. I think being able to go on some of these hearing missions and see, you know, it's, I mean, there's nothing like seeing a kid who 
you know, they might be six or seven and their parents are there. And it's really interesting to think that they don't even know what sound sounds like. So we take that for granted, but they literally don't understand it. And so they'll, they'll hear something and they're like looking around as they have these hearing aids in their ears and going, what, what is that? They don't even recognize what it is. And so something you take for granted is that their, their parent will say, hi, Jonah, you know, or something. And they don't even know that that's what their name sounds like. So they can look and read lips and, and try to put it together. And then they can make that connection. But it's really, really cool to see the, the communication gap get filled with the hearing aids. And so by being able to see and communicate, you don't realize how important that is until you don't have the ability to do it. And I think all of us got a little bit of a sense of that with COVID because with the masks, it was at least hard of, you know, hard, harder to understand. That's what it's like probably to be hard of hearing, but to actually be deaf, you know, they rely even more on body language and lip reading and so you, you see the connection that people are missing out on, and it's really hard not to want to help people to be able to connect more with their families and with their friends and, and in situations, social settings. You know, I watch Justin struggle even still with social situations. If you've got one-on-one, that's different. But if you've got a large group and there's background noise that's competing with it, it's even harder to understand. And so it's been cool to see what, what we can do and all of the people that we have involved with the charity work that we've done or events, it's cool to bring awareness and to have other people see what they can do to try to make things better for those who have a hearing loss. Absolutely. I bet that's so awesome to be there and see that. I wonder, Justin, you have said that you actually love being deaf and that it's made you who you are, but that that doesn't mean that it's not hard. How would you explain that balance between embracing something that makes you who you are, but also acknowledging that it is a challenge? Absolutely. And I have to tell you, I do. I love being deaf. And and it, it, it gives me the opportunity to be more patient, more kind, understanding, and compassionate of others. And when I say, I, to give you an example of why I love being able to just turn my hearing aids off and just go into my own quiet world. You know, we have two little six-year-olds. When they're running around the house and they're screaming and yelling, I just turn my hearing aids off and it's nice and quiet. It's so nice. When my dogs are barking, uh, when my wife is yelling at me, no, I, no, I don't turn it off. <laughs> don't ever turn your hearing aids off. Okay? <laughs> uh, but there are so many more blessings and benefits and tender mercy uh, to having a hearing loss. That the balance, you ask me, you know, what, what the balance to making this all come in full circle? I, I love uh, a formula that our Savior had given to us in the Scriptures and uh, the New Testament when the Savior gives his, his disciples, uh, when they ask him a question and said, Master, who did, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered and said, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God shall be made manifest in him. You see, in my life and all those who have challenges, I truly feel that my hearing loss is a manifestation and a blessing of God's hand in action. I feel that with my lack of physical hearing, it has allowed me to be more reliant on my spiritual ear. So right there, right there that's a blessing in itself. So just like my hearing aid devices are there to help me hear with my physical ears, There are many devices and tools and resources out there that Heavenly Father has provided 
that can help us hear with our spiritual ears, or in other words, how to hear Him. Uh, the hashtag hear him is very uh, big right now, but we all have to learn how we can learn to hear him. But this challenge that I'm going through, my lack of physical hearing, has helped me to rely more on my spiritual ears so that I can hear him more. Amazing. I have never, I've never thought of it that way. And so thank you so much for sharing that. Christy, how would you say that Justin's being deaf has made him who he is? You know, I think all of us go through our hard things. Losing one of your senses or not having being born without one of your senses is, is what happened with him. And, and I think that he's had to work harder. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. He mentioned being a good listener. I remember my parents and I talking about that after the first night that we had our first date at my parents' house and saying, he is a really good listener. And the irony of that, you know, and he is a good listener because he's had to practice at it. And I think that everything that he does, he does all in. And, you know, he came to me once and said that he wanted to do this big, huge, massive run. (laughs) And he wanted to help deaf kids who couldn't afford hearing aids. So he wanted to raise awareness. So he ran 250 miles from Ephraim to St. George, which is where we were living at the time. And Ephraim, we're now living in St. George, ironically. But he told me that. And I just thought, you are kind of crazy, you know? And I'm like, I, not kind of crazy. I was like, a lot of crazy. I, I actually cried. I cried and said, no, you can't, you can't do that. I was, I was early on pregnant at the time. I ended up miscarrying. And so all of the emotions and hormones were going on. And I just thought, no, I can't do that right now. I can't do that right now, which was really selfish of me. And I've realized that Justin is very dedicated to helping people. And whether it's church callings, whether it's charity work, whether it's, you know, speaking engagements, his light comes on when he's able to share the lessons that he's learned and be able to share that with other people and to help lighten their burdens and give them hope. And I think that that is who he is. And it's because of the hard trial that he not only went through, but continues to go through, you know, it's still a struggle. When we get together with family and friends, it's still a struggle. And, you know, we go boating or something and he's got to take his hearing aids out. And so he's got to rely on lip reading and there's, you know, some nervousness there. And I think that people are drawn to him and to his light and to his spirit because of the unselfish nature that he has. And I think that he is that way because of the trials that he's been through to know that he's had to rely on Heavenly Father. And because of his closeness with him, it makes others want to draw closer to him, including me. <laughs> I got to add this, that even though, you know, I, there may be a disconnect because I can't hear, we both know sign language. And so when there is that, we, can, <laughs> we have this little secret combination going on here together. <laughs> it's awesome. It's great. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Christy, when you were talking, I started getting a little bit emotional. My husband was born with cancer in both of his eyes. And so his left eye is actually prosthetic. It's a glass eye. And last night I told him, I was like, I love, he said something about like my, my dumb eye uh, in a picture. And I said, I love your eye. And he was like, you don't. And I was like, actually, I really do. Because I feel like having a challenge like that does refine somebody in a way that nothing else can. And I love all the things about him that are the result of having dealt with that challenge. And so I do love it. And so I understand a little bit more 
what you two are saying, having had the chance to be married to him. I wondered for you, Justin, just to give us kind of a perspective of what it is like to be deaf or to have hearing loss. There are some things that I think we don't probably appreciate that that are challenges that, that come along with something like this. What are some of the challenges of being deaf or Christy, in your case, being married to someone who's deaf that people might not even think about? You know, that's a great question, Morgan. One thing, you know, I think I've reflected on in my life, growing up and going to school, uh, from kindergarten all the way to high school, I had so many trials and challenges, if you will. Uh, it was very difficult for me. You got to remember, back then, 45 years ago, everything was still analog in technology. So hearing aid was just a linear aid. It wasn't digital like it is today. Um, the cosmetic side was very bulky. I had wires coming out of my both my ears and then attached to a big old box um, on, on my belt. Uh, I definitely stood out. And many of my classmates, uh, they didn't know how to react around me as I stood out with all these hardware devices on me. It's not as bad today as it was back then, but unfortunately, back then I was bullied, I was made fun of, I was picked on, and I was even beat up. And if anything, this paradigm has taught me to be more compassionate and understanding towards other people, especially those who may be the target of aggression. As I've looked over my life, I've reflected a lot about our Savior and how he was ridiculed, how he was bullied and made fun of. You know, he, he was the master teacher and an example on how to react and how to respond to cruelty and the misbehavior of others. I mean, he loved everyone unconditionally, and he forgave those who deliberately mistreated him. And in my opinion, that's how we should conduct our lives and walk in the footsteps of our Savior, despite the challenges that we go through. We all have them. We can just learn to be more compassionate towards everyone and even become more vulnerable. I think it gives other people permission to feel the same way. We can all be vulnerable at some point in our lives. So I think that, you know, it, it does have its set of challenges, you know, but I feel like I have ADD and he has to deal with my challenges with that. So I am consistently late. I'm very consistent about being late. Very consistent. Right? Very. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to deal with that. My desk is always messy. Like I have my challenges. And so he has to put up with that and deal with that. And, and it has its own set of rewards that go along with that and benefits. But then there's also the challenges. And I feel like it's no different with hearing loss. Um, there are some, some situations that I think definitely make it harder, you know, at night when we're going to sleep, he, <laughs> he'll take his hearing aids out. And so if, if all of a sudden I forgot to ask him something, then I got to like tap him, turn on my light, turn on my phone flashlight and put it right on my face and either sign it or have him be able to lip read it, you know? So there's definitely like some, some challenges that way that are, also really funny and comical too, where I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I said. You know, and like, okay, now you got to put your hearing aids in. Cause sorry, but I've got to say this. If you don't, you're not going to get it. Or if I need toilet paper and I'm yelling and I'm like, Oh shoot, he just got out of the shower. He is never hearing me, you know, so, or another time where I went running and I came back and he didn't know I'd gone running and just saw that the door was unlocked. So he locked me out and I, I was literally banging on the door <laughs> And said, let me in for like 30 minutes. And I, you know, he had taken a shower and had his hearing aids out. So there's, there's definitely some funny things. The girls, we were playing in our pool the other day and he's, you know, 
playing with him and one is like saying, no, no, and he doesn't hear it, you know? So there's definitely some like funny things that happen and some, and some challenges that come up at the same time. It's also really cool with our girls to be able to sit, to be able to remind them. I think it teaches them patience on, you know, I'll say, you know, Emma, Evie, daddy can't hear you because he doesn't have his hearing aids in, you know, and, and I'll say, you need to face him. You need to look right at him so he can read your lips. You need to tap him. You need to get his attention, you know? And so I think it's helped them to be able to like, oh, okay. Like they don't get frustrated by that. They just, okay, that's, that's what I need to do. And I think, you know, that's no different than anybody with their challenges. You kind of have to know what are some of those limitations that can temporarily be limitations. Or like he said, he took a nap yesterday while the girls were screaming and playing and I took no nap. So there's some advantages that go along with that too. But it's also just really cool to see other people. Some people are so sweet and kind on how they react to Justin. And they'll ask me, you know, we have friends that'll say, so what's best, you know, to, to be facing him directly, you know, and I'm like, yep, you know, he relies a lot on lip reading. And so, you know, it's really cool to me to see the people who are compassionate and, and try their best to, I mean, they'll just ask him, you know, what they can do. And so it's really cool to see the compassion and understanding from other people on how they handle it too. For sure. And, and Justin, that actually leads into a question I wanted to ask you. I, I wondered for our church in general, what are some suggestions that you might have as far as how our church can be more inclusive of the deaf community within our, our church community? Absolutely. We should be more considerate, uh, more mindful, more aware, compassionate, and understanding of all those not to struggle with the hearing loss, but anybody, everybody is, is, has an inner battle that they're, that they're fighting with. But in this case, we're talking about a hearing loss. And I'm not just talking about those who are born with a hearing loss, like myself, but even those that have lost their hearing, uh, they've aged over time. You know, and, and just to give you an example, a great example of someone who is very mindful, I received a new calling in the church uh, and it was during COVID. And of course, like my wife said, everyone was wearing a mask. And, and because I rely on lip reading, it became a constant struggle. And I was scared to death. Uh, as you know, we've got to be able to understand each other by communicating. And that's how we connect. And I, and, and I was so disconnected. And so my, my church leader, he was prompted and inspired. And before my very first meeting, he had ordered these masks that were see-through transparent, clear-through mask for everyone in our meeting. And so I got there, he had everybody wear these masks, and I could see their lips uh, through the mask. And that touched me so much. I got so emotional, I even shed a tear or two. Just so touched by uh, his understanding and his compassion. And so that's what I mean by, you know, when we have our ward councils and whatever we're having, when we're talking about someone that has a, a, a particular trial or struggle or challenge, whatever that may be, because I believe we all have them, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, intellectually, we all have something in our life that's broken. And so we just need to be mindful of that, be considerate. And when we do something like that, that my church leader just did for me, it, it changes things. And we're more unified. We're, we're all in one in Christ. And so I was so grateful for his compassion and his love and uh, just being mindful uh, of those that, that, that need help. 
That is such a such a sweet story. What a good guy. Christy, is there anything you want to add about that point? <laughs> As you can see that I'm crying. <laughs> you know, I do. I just think it's so sweet when people in general, when they see someone struggle and then they do something proactively to do something about it. And it, it really did. It touched me. I think, you know, in that particular calling, it was one that Justin was, was stressed and very overwhelmed about. And so before he had even accepted the calling, this, this, this brother had already ordered the masks. And I just think about, I just think about that and the timing of that, that it was so cool that he hadn't even, he didn't really even know Justin and he had already, you know, knew that he was going to accept the calling, knew that the masks needed to be ordered. And he didn't wait to even ask Justin. He just followed the spirit and ordered them. And Justin was so nervous about that first meeting on that first Sunday and I just remember like just being teary eyed with it and thinking, I do sustain my leaders. Like the fact that you would even know to do that, like is, is unique, but also just shows that you are close to heavenly father to be able to be led and guided by him because Justin isn't one to make an issue out of it or to say that he needs that. He would never have said, I need that. And yet this leader probably knew that or heavenly father knew that and had this leader just order it. And I just think, it's really cool to know how mindful Heavenly Father is of us on those things that seem little to somebody else that are big things to us. It's beautiful. Such such a great example. And it makes me think of how important it is for us to be proactive rather than waiting for somebody to ask. Um, Justin, you have said that you learned to allow your challenges to empower you rather than to hold you back. And I love this quote that you said, doing things we don't want to do, but do anyway is what defines us. How would you say that we allow our disadvantages to empower us rather than hold us back? And, and why do those things we don't want to do define us? That's a great question, but I have to be honest and, be, and make this very clear that the quote, doing things that we don't want to do, but doing them anyway is what defines it. I learned that from my sweetheart. She's the one that got me that. And so I have to be very clear and honest on that. But thank you, uh, Morgan. Going back to what I said earlier, we all have challenges, but the key is to not let those challenges have us, own us, control us, or define us. And instead of letting them define you, you let them refine you. And how do we let it refine us? By embracing who we are, our limitations, our disadvantages, our obstacles, and our challenges. And then allowing our challenges to empower and to propel us forward instead of holding us back. Now, I know many of us, especially those listening to this podcast right now, I'm sure many of you have been told that you couldn't do a certain thing in your life because something in your life was broken. In my case, my ears are broken. But we need to throw out the misconception or the misunderstanding that because something in, in our life is broken, that we're impaired or disabled? No, because it's an advantage. It's not a curse, but a blessing. It's not a penalty, but an opportunity. This type of attitude and this mentality has helped me to defy the odds of doing things I was told I could never do. I was told I could never play an instrument, even though I came from a musical family. Uh, but today, I play the violin, the viola, the piano, and the drum, despite my ears being broken. I wrote a book, and I went on and got my master's degree. It's another story in itself. I started my charity, which we already talked about. And I love being able to, to conquer my fears. 
to be able to give back to the motivational speaker, even with a deaf accent. And so this eternal perspective can help each and every one of us, all of us, to empower us and to propel us forward, despite the limitation and the, despite the challenges that we all have. And that will propel us forward to becoming more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amazing. So it's so inspiring. I feel... I feel like I got to get off this interview and when I'm done, be a better person. So thank you so much, Justin and Christy. Thank you. I appreciate both of your time so, so much. My last question for you is what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? We have a, we have a motto in our family. We're going to keep doing it until we get it right. We keep doing it. We keep trying. No matter how many times we fail, no, how many, no matter how many times we make a mistake, we get bounced off the saddle. We're going to keep getting back on because as my dad always says, the show goes on. The show always goes on. And despite all the mistakes and flaws and, and mishaps that we will make and continue to make, we need to keep, go, keep doing it until we get it right. And who knows how many times that will happen. You know, that's why some of my members of my family are still performing. They keep doing it until they're going to get it right. But in our own personal life, you know, no matter how many times, we're never going to give up. And we're certainly never going to give up on hope, especially our hope in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And with Christ by our side, there's no reason why we shouldn't be all in. Because if, if our Savior is on our side who can, and, and he's for us, who can be against us? And so to me, that's just a wonderful, comforting feeling knowing that, hey, all hands on deck, all feet on deck, uh, because if he be for us, our Savior, who knows everything. And, and that we believe with, with all the challenges that we've been through that faith isn't knowing what the future holds. Faith is knowing who holds the future. And that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, that's why we're all in. And we know he's coming soon, and that's exciting. And we know that if we do everything that the prophet has asked us to do, we're going to be okay. We have no need to fear because uh, we're all in. And if we do that, we're, we're going to be great. So I'm just so thankful for, for our Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and for the comfort and the joy and all the wonderful lessons he continues uh, to teach us every day so that we can become more like him. Thank you, Justin. Chrissy? I love your podcast and I always love hearing this question and I like different people's responses on this. And so, you know, I've thought about this a little bit and, you know, I feel like our lives are meant to be frustrating puzzles where the pieces are added, but in different order from other people. And so as that puzzle grows, it becomes more clear and beautiful and we all have imperfectly pictured puzzles. So interestingly, that, that kind of came to me the other day as I was thinking about this. And so I, you know, I, I have thought more about that, just that we all learn things in a different order. We all have different trials that we go through. And if you haven't gone through a trial, then hold on because it's coming up <laughs> or you're in the middle of it, one or the other. But right. that's what the point of life is. And I feel like Justin and I have gone through a lot, a lot of trials before we met each other. And even since we've been together, that it kind of became laughable. My younger sister and I are super close. And every time you would have another flood or, you know, like he was di di diagnosed with diabetes, type one diabetes. And we adopted our two little girls and we moved and changed careers. And we 
had a concussion. He lost his brother. We've had several floods. Like, you know, we've just had a lot of things happen. And every time something else would happen, I'd call my sister and she'd just kind of laugh with me and say, you have got to be kidding me. Like you guys have more trials than anybody I know. And I do feel like that that is sometimes the case. And at the same time, I feel like we have way more rainbows than we have rain. And I feel like that's how Heavenly Father is, is that as we put our trust in Him, and He's our number one, always, then everything works out. Like Justin said, you have Him as your partner. Who wouldn't want the best partner in the world on your side? And so I feel like we have a cheat sheet now where it's like, I don't have a hard time trusting in Him because He carried us through the hardest year of our life. Why would He not keep continuing to carry us through if we put our trust and faith in Him? And I feel like if we have, if all we worry about is our standing with him, who cares what somebody else is saying or doing or what's going on? If you're right with him, you're right with everything else and everything falls into its proper place. And as we focus on our relationship with him, all the rest of it is clear. Thank you so much. Those are both so, so thoughtful and helpful. And I, I'm going to be thinking about them. So thank you too for your time, for your examples. And I just, I'm, I'm really grateful. Thank you so much thank for having you, us on. We are so grateful to Justin and Christy Osmond for joining us on this week's episode. You can find Justin's book, Hearing With My Heart, on Amazon. Big thanks to Derek Campbell of Mix It Six Studios for his help with this episode, and thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you again next week.